Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Actually, you know what? I should be a little more muted. I should be. Welcome to After 9, everybody. This is not a good day. Let me start off by saying Kat is not here. She was not on our morning radio show. She won't be on our evening radio show tonight on Fresh 93.1 in Barrie. And she's sick. It's fine. It's going around. Somebody told me this morning there's 11 different viruses that are circulating right now that have all got people at different stages of sick. And some of these are pretty nasty. Strep is back. And it's a nasty infection this time. There's some people who are getting some virus that makes them sick. And then they get better for about a week, and then they get sick again. Then, of course, we've got RSV. That's a big problem in our children's hospitals. A lot of kids who haven't had any immunity for the last two months, two years, because they weren't socializing and they were wearing masks all the time. Now back into the school setting with no masks, and sure enough, everybody's sick. That makes perfect sense. A lot of adults going back to work or back to social settings that are catching stuff. And they're not used to it. They haven't built up much immunity over the last couple of years. So it makes sense that people are sick. Fortunately, it's not turning into a massive problem in most of our hospitals. Although I do fully understand that our pediatric hospitals are under some water. They seem to be handling it okay in Toronto and Hamilton. The chief medical officer says that uh, it's starting to level off already. So that's good news. But now what we have to watch for is all those sick kids getting their parents sick. And it seems like that is what's happening. Uh, Kat included there, so she is off. That's not the reason that this is not a good day. The reason today is not a good day is Tiff Macklem, the Bank of Canada. For a seventh time this year, the Bank of Canada has raised interest rates on Canadians who have debt. Raised interest rates when the middle class is so, so pressed for cash because of inflation and because of uh, low wages and because of any number of things. There's a whole list. And I'm not talking about the official list that we keep getting from Ottawa. What is it they tell us? Oh, it's high gas prices. It's the war in Ukraine. It's this, it's that. It's bullshit is what it is. It's bullshit. That's bullshit. There is a, a problem in this country in that we've got a bank that caused inflation. They are the ones who did it. And I'm not even going to try and explain it to you. I'm going to let an expert explain to you how they did it in just a sec. We have a Bank of Canada that caused the problem. And now to try and save face is raising interest rates at an unprecedented pace. So much so that people can't afford their homes anymore. We've got all these stats coming out from StatsCan and the Bank of Canada cherry picks the ones they like and they use it as a justification to say, oh, no, 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 the economy is still hot. The economy's hot. We got to keep cool in the economy. The only way to do it is to raise interest rates. Well, maybe with traditional inflation, the inflation we used to see before things went completely sideways roughly eight years ago, maybe raising interest rates incrementally might have slowed that down. But that's not what this is. We all know the truth, right? And let's talk about the truth. And if I'm coming across a little angry today, it's because I am angry. God damn it, people can't afford this. There is an all-out assault on the middle class right now that is being led by our officials in Ottawa and at the Bank of Canada. Is the goal to bankrupt us all? Is that the goal to make sure that 
all of the middle class, those who are fighting hard and working jobs and putting in the time and doing absolutely everything they can for their family. Is this all for naught? Because they're just going to keep doing this until we can't afford our homes. So you got to walk into the bank and throw your keys across the table. It's your house now. You guys can have it back because I can't afford it anymore. Is that the goal? Because it seems like that's the goal. They're squeezing us on inflation. Nobody's standing up for people. They are squeezing us on gas prices. Nobody will stand up to the oil companies. Nobody will increase production in Canada. Nobody will try and salvage a deal to get proper pipelines built across North America so we can safely ship that oil and make life more affordable for Canadians. Is the goal to bankrupt the middle class? Because I'm asking you because that's the way it seems. I'm asking you because it seems like that is job one out of this government. This government has an opportunity to try and make things right, to look around at the middle class and say, hey, listen, we, uh, we've got this insane inflation right now that was caused because we spent too much money during the pandemic. And now to try and fix that, they're actually making it worse by taking more money out of people's pockets. They're taking more money out of people's pockets so they have less money to spend on heating and eating. They have less money to go out and support local businesses. They have less money to get around. They have less money to buy cars and invest in their homes. Even the green upgrades that they keep wanting us to do. It's the green new economy, right? We don't even have money to do that. Who's got extra money to go and replace all their windows right now? I don't think a lot of people do. People who work hard, the heart and soul of this country, the working class, whether you're making 50000 a year or you're making $150,000 a year, you're feeling it right now. And it's all because of the Bank of Canada. Will the government step up and say, hey, you know what? You're part of the reason that we're in this mess. It's, it's mainly our mess, but you're part of the problem here. And now you're making things worse. So we're going to get rid of you and we're going to replace you with governors for our bank that understand the needs of the middle class, not ones that look at top line bank numbers, not ones that look at some obscure GDP number and say, well, the economy's great. We can afford to do this. We don't need a Bank of Canada governor that comes out and says wages are too high. We got to do something to get these wages down. That's exactly the opposite of what anyone in leadership in Canada should be doing right now. We all went through hell for a couple of years. And now we're at a point where we should be recovering and we're not even close. It's getting worse because the Bank of Canada has got their boot on our throats and they are going to keep pressing down until we've got nothing left. I'll ask you again. It's kind of a theme and you may have heard rumblings about this on dark corners of the internet during the pandemic. It was called a conspiracy theory. Is this the Great Reset? Is this the goal to bankrupt the middle class, to take their homes so that they have nothing, so that there really is only two classes in Canada, the very, very wealthy and the very, very poor? Because I have a feeling that anybody who's not pulling in a quarter million a year is going to end up in that poor category, and they're going to make sure of it. They are doing their damnedest to make sure that we don't have any money left. It's sick. It is sick and perverted that these people in their ivory towers in Ottawa and Toronto, can look around at the entire middle class and say, ah, fuck them. Doesn't matter. Can't afford the house. Who gives a shit? Someone will buy it. We're letting lots of immigrants in. They'll, They'll buy it up. There's lots of people with money in other countries. Fuck the people in Canada. It doesn't matter. That's the way it feels. 
That's the way it feels. So let's start from the beginning. How did we get here? I'm going to let someone who I consider an expert on this talk. And you probably disagree with him if you don't like his politics. Well, this isn't about politics right now. This is about humanity. It's about decency. It's about safeguarding the people in this country right now. He's running for prime minister. His name is Pierre Polyev. Somebody sent me a speech that he gave to the Empire Club. This wasn't necessarily going to be a friendly audience when Pierre Polyev stood up at the Empire Club and tried to explain quantitative easing. That's a, a two-letter term that you may have heard. It gets thrown around oftentimes by people who don't actually understand how the economy works. Pierre Polyev has got three minutes here. Three minutes and you'll understand what quantitative easing is and why we're in the situation we're in right now. Here's Pierre Polyev speaking at the Empire Club. Quantitative easing is figuratively money printing and it is literally money printing. And let's go through it because frankly, in downtown Toronto, there have been a lot of people who have contested this point, but I am going to go through it regardless because it is important to understand how we got here and make sure that we never get here again. So what happened was the government was running deficits that they could not borrow from the marketplace because there was not enough lenders on planet Earth that would have lent the half trillion dollars that Trudeau was borrowing. He also wanted to be able to say he was doing it at record low rates, something that wouldn't have happened if the market mechanism would have allowed supply and demand to move the bond yields up as they would, you would normally expect if the government was borrowing that quantity of cash out of the, the economy in such a short period of time. So what happened was that the central bank bought back on the secondary market bonds that the government had only days earlier sold to the market. Now, uh, this is seen as exculpatory among some economists. They are not printing money to give it to the government. They're buying these bonds on the secondary market. That's actually worse. Why? Because what happened is the government would sell the bond on a Monday and the central bank would buy it back on a Wednesday at a higher price, allowing financial institutions, luckily enough, lucky enough to be uh, on the Payments Canada network, to arbitrage the difference between the government selling them something at one price and buying it right back at a higher price. Somebody paid for that arbitrage, and obviously it is the, the seller and the buyer, which is, of course, the Canadian taxpayer. Now, how does the government, how does the central bank pay to buy these bonds? Well, it deposits money in the financial institutions' accounts that are held at the Bank of Canada. And so the deposits that the central bank had for these financial institutions skyrocketed to about $300 billion from almost nothing uh, within a couple of years. And those deposits can be turned into hard paper cash. And that is why, first, the money supply went from $1.8 trillion to $2.3 trillion, half a trillion dollars, which is almost exactly what the deficit was, right? Not a coincidence. And the paper money, the stuff that's printed, went from $90 billion to $124 billion, both increasing by approximately 27% in two years. So yes, they created cash, and yes, they printed money. Now, the money that's still on deposit with the central bank has created a new problem. Right? Because what does the central bank pay in interest on those deposits? Well, the policy rate. And that wasn't a problem when the rate was 0.25%. Well, now it's 3.75%. So the central bank bought bonds whose yields were 0.5% and paid for it with deposits on which it now has to pay 3.75%. In other words, they're now losing money on the spread. And for the first time in Canadian history, the Central Bank of Canada needs a bailout of $4 billion a year, and that's just right now. That doesn't take into consideration any additional losses that will happen if they eventually sell those bonds, which are worth less now than when they bought them. Now, this has been very good for the very wealthy, of course, because in addition to arbitraging those transactions, 
this inflationary policy drove up asset prices. So if you have a $10 million mansion and house prices go up by 50%, well, you've made $5 million tax-free. If you're the new immigrant who doesn't own any property, your, the purchasing power of your dollar in terms of real estate has just gone dramatically down. So it is a massive wealth transfer from the have-nots to the have-yachts. What a great line. Massive wealth transfer from the have-nots to the have-yachts. Everybody hear that? Think about that speech that Pierre Polyev just gave. Three minutes to explain quantitative easing and how we ended up in the situation we're in. Let's contrast that with our prime minister, the guy who has the power with a pen to change a lot of this. Do you think he understood that? Do you think he knew that's how it worked when he went into it? Maybe he did. If he did and he did it anyway and kept those supports going far longer than he should have. We found out again yesterday, reaffirmed by the Auditor General, we kept the taps on way too long, handing out free money. That also contributed to the labor shortage because there were people that felt it was easier to just stay home and collect free money from the government than go out and work. We know that that happened. Do you think the Prime Minister now understands that speech? Do you think he understands it? Because if he did, and he went ahead and did it anyway, then this is solely on him. If he didn't understand, then let me ask you, why the hell would we let him keep having the keys to our economy? Why would we let him continue to wreak havoc on the middle class? This is a full-blown assault on the middle class. People need to understand that what's happening right now is going to be catastrophic. I've got a mortgage. I took out a mortgage last February. That mortgage last February has gone up like you wouldn't believe. And don't feel bad for me. I do okay in life. I do okay. There's a lot of people who were real close to begin with. There's a lot of people who, even though they passed the stress test, were still a little stretched on their mortgage. Let's talk about that stress test. Well, that was introduced very conveniently shortly before the pandemic began. Wow, what a convenient thing to happen. Now we know how much we can raise interest rates if we decide to start printing money. Buying back bonds that the government sold at a loss. Maybe we need to have a stress test because we're probably going to have to raise interest rates in the foreseeable future. Hey, I don't know if all these things are connected or not. The timing, like I said, very convenient. People were stretched thin to begin with. Tack on all that extra money that they're spending at the grocery store and at the gas pumps. Tack on all the other extras that have come out because we all know there's many businesses out there who aren't being affected by the supply chain who aren't being squeezed by some of the other pressures that are on the markets. They're just taking extra profit. They're taking back the money that they didn't make when we were in COVID. We know that that's happening in some cases. And if you see it, if you spot it, if you suspect it, I hope you don't support it. That's a great way to help bring prices down is stop paying these inflated rates. But of course, we all know there's things we could be doing. We could eliminate the GST off of home heating bills. Nope, government won't do it. It's not green. Encouraging people to burn fossil fuels. It's not what it's doing at all. It's about trying, trying to give families a leg up. It's about trying to give people something to hang on to, a little bit of savings just so that they can try and make it by. Maybe one less visit to the food bank per month. Maybe one less if we take the GST off. But even that, is a start. And they won't even do that. They won't take the GST off of the gas bills. They will triple our carbon tax soon. 
and we've got inflation and rising interest rates. All the while, we keep sending a ton of money over to Ukraine, just an absolute astronomical amount. I don't know how much it costs to fight a war. I really don't. I don't know how much the other countries are kicking in, but I have to think at some point soon, we've got to look inward and say, oh, we got a real problem here. Our people are really, really, really suffering right now. Maybe we shouldn't just so willy-nilly throw cash out the door. And I'm not saying that Ukraine isn't a worthy cause. I'm not. Congratulations to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. He was named Times Person of the Year. Very well deserved. Good for him. But how much more money do we have to give? When are the allies going to step up and start paying as much as we're paying? Or as much as the U.S. is paying? Because they're suffering too. Their interest rates are going up. Something has got to change. You know, I proposed a real common sense thing. I thought if the Bank of Canada is going to shaft the middle class like this, raise interest rates seven times in one year, which isn't even working, by the way. Inflation is down about 1.2%, and it's actually up on food. So this scheme to raise interest rates, to bring down inflation, so far is not having any effect. When will it have an effect? It's going to have an effect when our housing market collapses and when the entire economy is in the john and companies are laying people off every single day. And it's coming. Our leaders won't admit that we're in a recession, but we are in a recession. We are absolutely in a recession. You may not see it in the certain metrics that the Bank of Canada and our leaders in Ottawa like to put out there in front of the screens. You may not see it there. Some of those nice headlines that occasionally come up on your Twitter or Facebook feed. But we're in a recession. Talk to people. Ask people. Ask them how much they're struggling. Then ask the businesses that rely on those people to shop in their business or to support their business and buy their service if we're in a recession. And they're going to tell you, oh, shit, yes, we are. And we have been for a while. People's disposable income, gone. Their asset, massively deflated. The value of homes is dropping every single day. And nobody cares. Nobody in leadership cares. This is the product of bad, bad policy and possibly some sort of a conspiracy against the middle class. Possibly. I'm not saying it is, but there's a lot of people who believe that. And frankly, it's really hard to argue with them. It really is. What, are the, what was the common sense thing that I suggested? It's very simple. Since the Bank of Canada, who just over a year ago or two years ago, said rates are going to remain low for the foreseeable future. Rates are going to remain low for the foreseeable future. That's what Tiff Macklem said. And now he's jacked rates seven times in one year. Well, Jesus, Tiff, do you think you could throw people a bone and at least take one nugget away from the bankers? Because if the goal is just to get the bankers as wealthy as possible, and, and you know Tiff is on team Make Bankers Rich because he pays out bonuses like crazy to those bankers. And it's not a $100 bonus or a $500 bonus. These are massive, massive six and seven figure bonuses to some of these bankers while our economy is in the shitter. While the Bank of Canada itself lost money for the first time in history, they were still paying out bonuses. So here's what we should do immediately stop it take away the bank's ability to charge you a penalty to cash out early or to port your mortgage to another lender or to change or to renegotiate your mortgage 
When this has happened, this unprecedented seventh interest rate hike since March, seven times they've done it, and they did it a half point today. I should be allowed to walk into my lender, my bank, and say, I want to renegotiate. And you give me the rate I want, or I'll go get it somewhere else. No penalty if I go somewhere else. No penalty. You know that 60, 70, 80, 90 grand they're charging some people to cancel their mortgage now to go to another lender? They can't charge that anymore. They shouldn't be allowed to charge that fee. If I want to go to my bank and say, okay, listen, I'm going to extend my financing term. Well, technically you've broken your mortgage and you're taking out a new mortgage. They shouldn't be allowed to charge you a fee for that. Not right now. Not right now. Not while all this is going on. While there's this much pressure on the middle class, they shouldn't be allowed to take those excessive profits. They shouldn't be allowed to do it. And nobody is standing up to them. Seven interest rate hikes. Is now the time when we're going to get angry? I know that we're a polite people. I know that we don't like to cause a fuss, but God damn it, somebody's got to do something. Is now the time when you're going to pick up the phone and phone your MP and say, you better do something about this right now. You better take this to your cabinet meeting tomorrow and don't take no for an answer from Trudeau. We need somebody who is thinking about the overall economy, not just bankers and manufacturers. We need somebody who's going to think about the middle class losing everything they've got. All of their assets have been deflated. Their debt cost has gone through the roof. Is somebody going to stand up and say, enough's enough. You guys had seven kicks at the can to try and show that raising interest rates is taming inflation. And so far, it hasn't worked. We need to get angry. We need to tell those people that make these decisions, those talking puppets that show up in the caucus and cabinet meetings, tell them, you're done. You will not be reelected if you don't go in and start fighting for me. Keep in mind, those assholes that are making all that money in Ottawa and getting driven around with chauffeurs and limos and security details and lunches expensed and all sorts of stuff, they need to know that regular people will not take this anymore. Because you know what? They'll keep doing it. Don't think for a second that TIFF won't continue to do this in 2023. It'll keep going up until you don't have anything. Till I don't have anything. Till your family doesn't have anything. What's happening to the seniors that have lived their lives in great homes and taken care of them and raised a family? And now they're in a position where it's probably time to downsize. Where are they going to go? They have to cash out and now pay these interest rates in their retirement? Or maybe they can't even afford the house they're in. Are we going to start opening up more homeless shelters and more food banks? Could the government maybe fund food banks and homeless shelters? Could they do that? Because we're going to need a lot of them. Those seniors had an asset that over the last couple of years did go up in value. Well, now it's been rapidly devalued. And that money that they could have used in their retirement to enjoy their, their sunset years, that money's gone. It's not coming back anytime soon. It's gone. And nobody seems to care. It's outrageous. Our government is spending money at such an alarming rate, and they don't seem to care. Let's talk about the Auditor General's report from yesterday. The Auditor General, Karen Hogan, said the government did do a good job at quickly getting money out the door. That helped mitigate the economic suffering of the people who are now suffering even worse right now. But they're not doing anything to recover, or they're not doing enough to recover all the overpayments 
and mistakes. Hogan estimated $4.6 billion, billion with a B, was paid to people who are not eligible. And that isn't just people who were working and saw an opportunity to get an easy two grand a month, so they took a shot and tried it. That's not just them. We paid money to dead people. People who are actually dead got COVID benefits. People in jail got COVID benefits. God damn it, where did you think the check was going? Did we not verify the address? Not even the address. We sent it to people in prison. We sent it to people that don't even live in this country. People were applying from other parts of the world and got it. $4.6 billion paid to people who were not eligible. Another $27.4 billion in payments made to people and businesses that the auditor feels should be investigated. Guys, that's over $31 billion. How is there not outrage over this? I don't understand why people aren't angry about this. This is our money. You work your ass off. Those deductions that come off your check, those bills that you get from the CRA, that's your money. And these people are just pissing it away. And they don't seem to care. And while they're up there wasting our money and pissing away our finances, our economy is going in the shitter. When are people going to get angry? That's all I want to know. When is enough enough? When are we going to stand up and say, you can't do this anymore. We're done. We, the people, have spoken and you're done. You're done wasting our money. You're done letting the Bank of Canada take the money that we did or do have. No more of it. We work hard in this country and we're proud of our Canadian heritage, but God damn it, I am not proud of my government right now. I am not proud that this is being allowed to happen. I know people who are so stretched right now that didn't do anything wrong. They work hard, they pay their bills, and through no fault of their own, their mortgage has gotten to a completely unattainable level. They thought they had a little bit of security. They were locked in. You know, if interest rates go up, just more will go to interest, but their payments will stay the same. Even that's come off now because it's gone up so many times, they hit the trigger that now they are paying more and very, very, very little of it, if any, is actually going to the principal. It's all just debt that they're paying off every month. It's all interest on the debt, sorry. How is that okay? It's 2022 and this is Canada, goddammit. How is this allowed to happen? When are people going to get angry? When are we going to send a message to our leaders that this cannot continue, that you need to stop the shit and put your focus solely, squarely, on the tax-paying, hard-working, middle-class in this country? It has to happen soon. The best thing that could happen to this country is a national conversation. And when I say national conversation... The only way that happens is with an election. There's a lot of people who are shit scared of an election right now. Most of them sit around that caucus table in Ottawa. Most of them do. And they're damn right to be scared of an election right now because people are angry. They can't take anymore. And now I hope that that anger finally parlays into action. Don't think that it doesn't matter when you don't reach out to your MP. It does matter. They do take it seriously. If you're respectful, if you're polite, if you explain your situation without being angry and, and going off on wild tangents, 
They need to hear this feedback. They need to know how many people are struggling right now. Because in that bubble in Ottawa, it's real easy to forget about the people that live on Main Street, that live on your street. It's real easy to forget about the people that are paying the bills because they don't see us very often, do they? And they don't hear from us enough. Well, they should hear from us now. Now is the time to get angry. Now is the time to tell our leaders enough's enough. Stop the shit. Stop these interest rate hikes. And if Tiff Macklem won't agree to stop the interest rate rate hikes, then get rid of Tiff Macklem. He lost money running a bank. A bank. And he lost money. That's a special kind of incompetence. A special kind. And he's still got a job that he gets paid exceptionally well to do. Don't take it anymore. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to keep on this. And I hope that you guys join me. I hope that you do. I'm sorry that this one came off a little negative and a little angry, but frankly, I'm not thinking about Justin Trudeau. I'm not thinking about Christian Freeland. I'm not thinking about Doug Ford, and I'm not thinking about Peter Beth and Falvey. I'm thinking about the people who live on my street and your street, and we can't afford it anymore. Enough's enough. As these rates go up, they will affect you. You're going to see it in absolutely everything that you do. Everything that you buy, you'll see a reflection of these rising interest rates. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. A lot of people. Because when the government can no longer deny that we are in a recession, we're in a lot of trouble. Have a great day. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.